I mean, I think that that goes to show how easy it was for him to engage in this extramarital affair that he pretends was so difficult for him. Is that weird that I can forgive him for the murder, but it's the uh, the way he treats his wife and like belittles her emotions that I'm like, that's the reason he's got to go. The murder, I can almost <laughs> applaud, <laughs> like a little sort of go get it sort of attitude that he has. Well, I don't know if it's weird, Mike. I mean, there's plenty of, of sociopaths that are among us, <laughs> like yourself. So. <laughs> that run a uh, not-so-successful podcast. It's a weird thing for a sociopath to get into is podcasting. It, no, it, it absolutely is. <laughs> I don't know where your lack of empathy really plays a role here. but <laughs> All right, let's get into lack of empathy. Stories we tell. Film that's just full of them. Uh... <laughs> It was a, a tremendous story you were telling me and so many little coincidences and strange things had happened. And suddenly I began to realize, my God, this is a great story. This is, this is a great, great story. I mean, I enjoy writing, but I, I can't get started because I never have any ideas about what I want to write about. And since this came up, it started me off realizing how many fascinating stories there are to be told in one's own life without having to try to look for what's an interesting story outside. I began to realize what a remarkable story she had thrown into my lap. Gradually, I began to build up a picture of the whole thing. And so much of Diane's past and of my own actions appeared in a different light. The revelations had awoken an obsession in me to tell the whole story to anyone who would listen. Maybe it's the uh, the fact that we're dealing with Canadians here, but I would think that most people uh, that I know would find this to be uh, an embarrassing situation that they would not yep. want broadcast out into the world. And there was some backstory here where Sarah Polly, and it's, it's related in the film, that uh, basically some, uh, a journalist becomes aware that her father is not her father. And this is information that she already has. And she, she wants to be able to, I guess, confront it, you know, within the structure of their, their family first before it's out in the world. But clearly she had no problem with putting that out in the world because she made a film about it. Now, the way, the way they, they structure the film, uh, I, I, to me at least kind of puts you at a distance. And I, I liked it because they almost treat it like this is not going to be, some bombshell that you're going to basically have a gotcha moment where you're going to see, you know, did this, did this hurt my father? Because she has him reading this as if he's another figure, like he's a narrator of his own life. And I really like the way that's set up because it sort of takes the, uh, I don't want to say the trashiness. That's not really the appropriate word. I don't think there's anything trashy about this film, but it could have been like sort of a trashy, you know, story. Uh, and I felt like it, it made it something very unique and actually pretty touching at times as far as how the family deals with the the presence of this, this mother who, who's now gone and can't speak for herself in the film. Well, and she is gone and can't speak for herself like you were saying, but is she not the, the most interesting thing uh, about every bit of this? You want to know from everyone's perspective how they viewed her. Um, and I was, I would hang on every word when they would discuss her and just her view of life. And I found it really interesting how, like you were saying, I don't know if it's, it's their culture or, or what it is, but how they were able to disconnect from the emotional distress that, that 
I think inherently comes along with something like this in a family unit. Every individual uh, was able to describe this in a matter-of-fact tone, but not in a way that, to me, appeared as though they were disinterested, um, but, but in a way, I think, that was thoughtful, if that makes any sense. It was, it was very thoughtful. You can, you can even look to her, um, not her biological father, but who she thought was her father, Michael, and his narration, I thought, was interesting because the entire time, from my perspective, I was waiting for there to be some moment where there'd be a crack in his voice when he was reading of her infidelity or his mistakes in the marriage, and he didn't. And I, I think that it was a really interesting look at relationships in general um, and just how all all parties were affected by it, um, but not in a way that we would have assumed, I think. And it was interesting because having the her older brothers and sisters involved, you can tell that because she is the youngest and is the product of this infidelity. So at that point, you know, uh, a marriage that has not been going well, obviously uh, mm-hmm. they've been living separate lives that she doesn't really have the, the scars as much as her older brothers and sisters do. Like they, you know, the way they kind of talk about it, like it, it wasn't necessarily like a good thing as far as like the father she knows is not necessarily the father they know. Like as far as because he was going through something very traumatic at that time. Like, right. And I also like the way he talks about it and maybe it, it's because it's coming from, you know, the, the age that he is now that he's able to appropriately place themselves within all of their sort of respective lives. But he, he owns up to his faults as far as his sort of lack of passion. Like he's a man and he, he meets her mother through the arts, but he makes a point saying that she fell in love with him when she saw him in a play that she was working on. He was, she fell in love with the character that he's playing. Like he was playing basically the opposite of himself, which is why it was so fun for him and why he, I guess he was so good at it. But like he, he's like I was, I was not that guy. I was not adventurous. I was not, you know, the the I don't know the, the Canadians would never say this, but he was not the cock of the walk there. He was not, you know, the fawns <laughs> coming in and just sort of controlling the room. Like even in the uh, the interviews he has with his daughter Sarah Polly, he's very much like willing to sort of take direction and just sort of like sit with something for a minute and be like, Oh, is that how it was like that? You know, what did they say? Like, he's not combative. Like, I don't think at any point in the film. And so at some point, because we used to often have dinner together on weekends, probably Johnny started by saying, you don't look much like your father. I think it was Johnny. I want to say it was Johnny. And actually now in retrospect that I know that Johnny was the first of us who knew it must've been Johnny. I stupidly mentioned it to Mark. I thought, (laughs) Um, uh, my lawyer has said I don't have to talk to you, and so I'm not going to say anything more. I remember Johnny saying that someone thought that your father might be someone that Mum had acted with in a play. And I told them not to say anything to anyone, but then they turned it into a joke. And I did not participate in the joke, did I? I don't think I ever did. I remember we talked about how you didn't look like Dad, and Dad joked about it. I always thought, she does look like me. Got that little straight nose. Yeah, definitely. This is all nonsense, but it's fun. Who do you think your father is this week, Sarah? That's what I was going to say. His, uh, I was going to say characterization, but truly, his personality 
uh, is not one that is is quick to I, I guess anger or uh, quick to um, react on emotion. I thought was was really, really interesting, and I think the perfect example of that is finding out that your twenty five year old daughter, however old she was at the time, is, is not yours. Uh, I would be very, very interested to have seen how this would have played out had this been a nuclear family um, that all parties, all of the children had the same mother and father. Um, yet you find out that there's one amongst them that that has a different bio dad. I, I, I don't know if they would have reacted differently, especially if we're still looking at this from an element of 20, 25 years later. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Um, they, everyone seemed very even keel where, um, the, the only uh, sibling that I think that really reacted in a, um, you know, somewhat negative way was the younger brother, um, that they even discussed. Uh, I think his reaction was one that I think a lot of individuals would have potentially have had with uncovering news, uh, uh, of, of that nature. It, it, it like you were, you were saying earlier though, um, she, uh, Sarah Polly, doesn't want this to be uncovered because she doesn't want this to be in any way harmful. Um, yet she decides that she's going to create a full documentary about it. Uh, <laughs> Takes ownership of it completely. Let's the, the family themselves tell the story. It's it's almost like, and I don't mean this, I guess, literally, but it's almost like um, you know, I will. Um, amongst my my siblings, I'll make a joke at the expense of my mother, or I will make a comment that is you know that me and my siblings could laugh about, but I don't want anyone else to say that. Uh, that's ours. That there's a level of ownership um, inherently that exists uh, when you have that relationship. You can go to that to that level or to that degree. But but she didn't want anyone else to do it. And I, I think I I appreciate that. Um, and I think that there's a level of, of or an earnest level about it that can only come from from her telling of the story instead of anyone else or a tabloid or, or whatever. I also feel like hearing it from all of these different family members and friends, all these you know friends of her mother's who basically like enter the film as like the usual suspects, like, <laughs> like are you the father or are you the father? Like, and it's funny because they are the ones that are the most cagey about it. Whereas uh, going into it, I thought the family would be like, I thought there would be some, at least yep. one sibling who would be combative with Sarah Polly with their sister about why are we doing this exactly? Like, but th that opening sequence with the, the music, it's like they're, they're making jokes about how they look on camera. Like, can you film me this way? Like, don't basically don't show my man tits here, like that sort of thing. But it's the, the male suitors that, I guess it's funny because I didn't think about it until it got to those scenes. They, they don't feel like it's their right to take authorship of the story. Really? Like they, yeah. the information they want to, they give her, even if it's something that maybe they should tell her about their mother, especially if she's seeking her biological father, they still don't know what sort of ground they're on as far as like, you know, who they're betraying here. They're betraying a woman who can't speak for herself. And I think it's actually the one that she finds out to be her biological father that says that this is no one's story, but his and hers. Like he's even saying like he, he somewhat takes issue with his own daughter telling yeah. the story and not him. Which <laughs> now I, I will say this. Um, I, I enjoyed everyone's uh, moment to discuss uh, Diane, uh, with the exception of her biological father, um, in those moments w in which he felt as though it was his story and his story alone, I think he's he's kind of missing the mark. He's viewing this as this um, 
this this love story that it, that was you know uh, that existed between him and a married woman, and, and I don't think it really is about that. I think it's uh, Sarah Polly saying this is a snapshot of a family, uh, and there are elements there, good, bad, or otherwise, um, that uh, I think is is sensational to see and to understand without it being a piece of sensationalism, if that makes any sense. Um, and so, from Harry's perspective, he, if he, I feel like if he uh, was behind the camera. It would have just been their love story and nothing else. And and I don't. I truly don't think it would have been nearly as interesting um, if, if that had been the case. And I think it would have been a lot more slanted uh, towards him and, and him alone. I, I, a lot of films uh, that that we see suffer from uh, too many elements contradicting itself, uh, and it usually uh, is to the detriment of the film. This though, uh, I feel is, is one film that it is okay for there to be uh, contradicting elements or pieces of the story uh, because it, it, I think, is, in a lot of ways illuminates humanity, right? Everything that we tell is, is oftentimes slanted towards our own perspective. So I think you had to have um, her children and uh, both fathers and um, her friends, Right. I, I want to hear everyone's side and I want it to be different because I think that's more rooted and grounded in truth in a way, in reality. Well, often with a story like this, uh, you know, once it comes to light, uh, people really only speak about it from a perspective of being found out. Like that's that they're just guarded in that way that they don't want to hand over the story to someone else because they don't know what they'll do with it. Sure. And I think. By her saying that I'm going to get everyone's perspective that I can, that it's balanced in a way, not just in a, like, who do you believe, but you actually get a better picture, even with the contradictions of who this woman was. Because yep. obviously not everyone that you meet, you treat the same way. And so it's you get that fuller picture of this woman who is not just someone who you know stepped out on the father of her children, who... Uh, made a very you know complicated sort of existence for Sarah Polly here as far as you know it it does change the relationships to some degree that she has with who she presumed to be her father and I think the way they they handle that in the film is kind of beautiful because that almost seems to be the way he absolves the mother of like any of this like and himself like it's like he absolves himself of the marriage problems because Sarah exists because of it like yep. that sort of thing like this this accident that happened that most people would be appalled and it would be heartbreaking as end up sort of giving him a reason to like kind of change like because i think in the film they kind of state that because she was not around that he develops a closer bond with her that he would never yeah. had with the other children he got to play her part that he never thought he could and the other children had gone away suddenly there was just you and i left luckily i had you there to look after as well as to look after me you know you were what were you 11 then the next few years our relationship i think was a very very a great period for my life it certainly was a, an unusual relationship, too, in the sense it's not very often that a father and a daughter are so close because of circumstances. And so, in a way, I felt closer to you than I'd ever felt about the other children because there'd always been Diane there as well. Uh, suddenly, there was myself and this little girl. There were uh, four or five very close years we had together then. I, lo I love that you said that, and, and I don't normally like what you say, 
But here's, clearly, here's why. That's why right. this is only the second time he's on the podcast. Second and final <laughs> appearance from Derek Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> I already knew it was coming. Um, but you think about you know what we're looking at here. Then we we talk about uh, Michael Pauly um, and his ability to separate his personal feelings or potential sadness uh, about what has occurred and, and look at his daughter and say, "I would not have been gifted with you had this not occurred." Right? He's looking. It's almost transcendent of emotion. Whereas with Harry's character. He is deeply rooted and grounded in his sense of how uh, he plays or the role he plays in this relationship and what could have been and maybe what should have been. Um, And and maybe that just goes to show as a snapshot of why um, Diane stayed with Michael. Right. Right. That that stability. um, And I don't want to call it maturity, um, but that but that overall outlook of what was deemed important uh, was bigger than the self. In a lot of ways, and it was really cool to 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 really hear uh, Michael, and he he even said what what you'd kind of touched on. He said, you know, I w- almost wouldn't have changed a thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of uh, what we were able to to glean from from his overall viewpoint of things. I do want to ask you how you feel about the the idea that we're we're looking at this full breadth of a story from all perspectives, yet the one perspective uh, in a lot of ways that we're missing is is the second biggest character, which is Sarah Polly. Um, are you okay with, with the, I guess, the lack of, of perspective that she brings to the table? I am because I feel like she does that as the filmmaker. I think, you know, obviously she assembled this in a way, not only to make it palatable to audiences, but to herself. So I feel like her fingerprints are still all over it. I, I don't necessarily buy into uh, the fact that someone making a documentary film can't have a voice in it because they – they allow certain things to be said, some certain things to be cut. So I, I think that, yes, I, I like it better that she's just the presence as the director and not her in front of the camera hitting us over the head as far as what she thought. I, I think the film itself is, is her voice. So that I am okay with it. I, I actually like that. You know, and I agree with you. It could, in fact, when we were talking about the potential for trash or over uh, being overly sen- uh, sensationalized, it could have been that had it been a, a lot of her perspective um, in the film. One issue that I, that I did take, um, and, and I, I would like to, I would almost like to, if I could ask her anything, uh, it, it would be at the end of the film, uh, the one guy that they thought was going to be her father, um, she goes back and she includes that one scene uh, of asking, you know, him, uh, almost going back and saying, are you sure that, you know, why <laughs> was it that you were uh, suspect number one? And it, it just kind of ends on that weird note of him saying, well, yeah, I slept with her. Like, why was that, why was that necessary? Because like, to me that, that show, that was in no way, shape or form, um, relevant to the film. And in fact, it, it is that small element of trash to me. Not enough to to indict the film, of course, but it was almost unneeded, in my opinion. I liked it just because I felt like it was, okay, we got to the end of, for Sarah Polly's perspective and how it affects her. Any other relationship her mother had with someone who's not her biological father or her, you know, the father that she knows is another story. And I felt like, okay, yeah, she learned a lot about her mother as it relates to her, but there's still a whole lot of stuff that is not, it's not her business. It's not her story to tell. 
And so that's, I, I like that one little snippet just because, and it is a little bit, it could be seen maybe it's a little underhanded because yes, it's basically <laughs> like, oh yeah, your mom slept with someone else. But if you're you know anything like, you know, the father and you're sort of mature enough to be like, yeah, she had a full life and this is just one of them on this film. Just one very small piece right. of it. So I was okay with it. It, I guess for for me, uh, throughout the film, it, it may be uh, one of the few depictions of this extramarital affair in which you, you don't have this negative viewpoint on uh, the person that engaged in it. Um, because there were there were so many, like we said, there's so many dynamic elements to to her relationships with her family as well as with Harry. Um, you know. We, we walk away from feeling or we walk away from the film feeling a lot in a lot of ways the way the family members did. And, and so then to add that in, I just I felt like that was the one uh, kind of different turn um, or it could have been a cliffhanger as you saw it a sequel, or a, a sequel for sequel, stories. Exactly. We tell. <laughs> you know, somebody you've known for 25 years. And spent much of your life with for 25 years and has given your life much of its meaning for 25 years it's awful hard to lose them that's a, that's a dire line of questioning we must find a way of making it more funny <laughs> What are you, some kind of sadistic interviewer? <laughs> you told me I had to break you down more. Yeah, well, you've done it, haven't you? <laughs> there was no acting in any of that. No acting at all. You see what a vicious director you are. I just felt a um, connection with all parties involved. And I just felt a level of honesty um, with, with all of them. And, and we, we talk about this idea of whose story is it to tell. I think like we've discussed before, um, stories we tell shows that it's everyone's story to tell, but whether that's good or bad or otherwise, it, it's a, it's a part of something that has occurred within their lives. Even if you chose her friend, her random friend who, uh, you know, on her deathbed decides that she wants to recount parts of her life. Well, uh, what she saw with Diane and Harry or Diane and Michael is still part of this woman's life. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's not probably a popular opinion because it's someone else's business, but still, still something that occurred. I mean, if you're going to take your shot, take it on the deathbed there. Nobody, I mean, no ramifications there. Just go ahead. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll probably air everyone's dirty laundry <laughs> when I'm about to croak. So beware what you tell me. I probably shouldn't say that as a therapist, but um, <laughs> I'm putting everybody on front street. <laughs>